she's locking up and there's one guy who's asleep in the corner on this chair and she's noticing him that he's very handsome and like it says in the back of the book that she's listening to a spicy romance book she's trying to wake him up and before he kind of comes to and smiles and shows that he's awake her audiobook starts playing and it's getting it's at a very steamy part and so she has to hurry and pause it and then he starts teasing her about it he's Back like to, wait i want to know what I wanna he's know, gonna do i know what was the duke gonna do where was he gonna place his hand it's so, it's so funny <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Worth the Read Podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Shannon. We're sisters who love to read. So whether you're a hopeless romantic or a fantasy fanatic, you've come to the right place. We retell and review clean stories filled with high stakes, swooning moments, mysteries, plot twists, and oh, so much drama. But in the end, we only have one question to answer. Is this book worth the read? Listen to find out and don't forget to subscribe. My youngest son said the other day. What? <laughs> Because, I don't know, we were watching a video and, like, a doll or something was getting a, like, a spot, like, a facial. And so they had, like, all the gel or whatever on their face. And he's like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, you know, they do that to, like, for the skin, makes the skin better and stuff. He goes, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and then you cut up a pickle and put it on your eyes. Oh. <laughs> Started laughing. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but, I, I mean, how else would he know, I mean, you know? Like, kind of, but not really. <laughs> Could you? Imagine it could be a pickle. <laughs> Pickles on your eyes, you'd smell like oh my afterwards. Gosh, vinegar in your eyeballs. <laughs> oh, I know. He's so cute. This is the darndest thing. He does. And I like I need to capture it better. Like I I need to savor it a little bit more because I'm like, he's growing up and then he won't say little baby things anymore. No, he has the cutest little raspy voice. He does. It's the cutest thing. <laughs> we went for a walk recently, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I miss this. I mean, it's been summer, and so my kids are home, and then, like, our whole schedules are completely different right now, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just hard. We can't do the normal stuff that we normally do, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sad about that. But, but anyway, school's almost starting, and then things kind of get back to normal. But the most exciting thing happened recently here on Worth the Read podcast. <laughs> We've had an author interview, and if you've listened to it, you'll know just how amazing she is. That was the episode right before this one. The author of The Do-Over and The Fake Out was nice enough to come and be interviewed on our podcast. Oh, my god! We're just, I just love her so much because first off, she reached out to us a long time ago. Because we did the do-over on the podcast, and she was so nice, so funny, and then just through the conversation, I was like, do you want to come on and do an interview? And she said yes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, who are we? And the first advanced reader copy that I've ever had was The Fake Out, and Mm -hmm. I feel so honored and so lucky that I even got to get an advanced reader copy, but of The Fake Out, because it's so good, and that's Mm -hmm. the book we're reviewing today. It felt very special. I know. I was like, do you want an early copy? And we're like, that's a thing for us. Uh, for, for us? Mere <laughs> Peasants? Okay. I know. It was. It's just so good. I loved it from the very... And you know what? After reviewing it again for this review, I realized, like, as I'm going through it, I'm like, man, the story, like, just gets better as you go through it. Like... Mm-hmm. Not that it's not good at the beginning or anything like that at all. Like, it's so good from the beginning. But, like, as 
just throughout the whole thing, it just gets better and better. I don't even know how else to explain it because the story is so great from the beginning. Her writing is so great from the beginning, but you just love it more and more as you continue reading. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the best way to say it, but I just love it. It's hilarious. Oh, you know what? I need to get the back of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can tell everybody about your car. No, I don't want to tell anybody now. Ah! Were you excited to share that? Yeah. Okay. Shannon's bummed that I'm skipping. I'm going too fast. She didn't get the chance to tell everybody. You're not even going to update anybody on your life? <laughs> For me, it's been. The people want to know. Do Sarah. they? <laughs> Do they? Really? <laughs> I mean, the greatest thing that's happened to me is I feel like I've had food poisoning last night. So that's wonderful. That's the greatest thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The most exciting thing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm trying to survive here oh, because my yes. children are home and I'm just trying to hold on for dear life. I'm trying okay. to kill you every day. <laughs> I just, they're in a phase where they're just, they just are constantly bickering with each other and I'm about to lose it. I told my husband last night, I'm like, I feel like I'm about to snap. <laughs> He's like, snap? I'm like, yep. Yeah. Pretty sure I passed it though, actually. <laughs> See, you're like the sweetest. <laughs> like, hey, honey, I think I'm snapping right now. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> that would be so scary. I come up close and I whisper, I think I'm snapping right now. Daniel oh, would be goodness. like, oh my God. He's like, who are you? <laughs> no, but tell everybody the exciting news. I bought a van. And okay, I'm going to convert Explain it. the kind of van. It's a camper van. A creeper van. van. A creeper <laughs> van. No windows. I mean, it really does look like it. It's just completely white right now. It's yeah. really boring. But there is windows. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of windows, actually. Yeah, so it's not a creeper van. No. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to do a van conversion for it so I can go camping and, like, not live in it because I don't want to live in it, but, like, go on extended trips and stuff. And I'm so excited. So there might come a time in the future... <laughs> When I'm going to be, like, off somewhere in nature and I'm going to be recording the podcast while yes. you're, like, here. Here by myself. It's yeah. going to be sad. But it would be cool. For you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Unless be... you come and then we're, like, in nature doing it. That'd that be would be really cool, cool too. Yeah. We'll I know. I'm excited for you. And you're going to remodel it so it's going to look so cute. Yeah. And her husband's helping me because he's really handy with tools and woodworking. Yeah. So... Yeah. And I'm very excited. I have so many plans. A whole Pinterest board. <laughs> I know. She was showing me all the pictures. It's going to be so cute. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Anyways, yeah. that's my new news. <laughs> that's my news. <laughs> Your news. Yes. Well, that's cool. I I know. I'm really excited for you. That's going to be awesome. All right. So the book today that we're doing is The Fake Out, an utterly hilarious and totally heartwarming romantic comedy. I love that that's in the title. It is utterly hilarious. I know. It is. <laughs> Can you imagine if like like said that and it wasn't? Oh yeah, that'd be, be really embarrassing. That would be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm looking at here? Congratulations, Sharon! Number one new release in humorous fiction. That's impressive. That's so on good Amazon. on That's Amazon, impressive. guys. And I made sure that we left a review on Amazon and Goodreads. So mm-hmm. if you read it, please leave reviews. They're everything for authors. Please mm-hmm. leave reviews if you like the story. If you don't like the story, just keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself, you know? <laughs> um, It'll find the people it needs to find, yeah, you know? And it is on Kindle Unlimited. Yes. Oh, is it really? It is. Oh, yeah. amazing. We love Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. And they're still getting, you know, paid for it and stuff like that. So, oh, it's so good. And it's funny because ever since I've read this, I've told everybody about it. I'm like, you got to read it. You got to read it. And our mom read it 
She loves it. We were reading it at the same time. We were on a weekend trip, and we were, like, reading it. And so at the ch- you'll see in the chapter headings are yes. different pickup lines. Like, cheesy, cringy, some of them pickup lines for every chapter heading. Yeah. And she was genius because she asked her followers to give her some pickup lines and so they're credited in the book but there's how many however many chapters there are there's a lot of them yeah some of them are so funny so So funny me and my mom would be sitting there reading and i'm like a couple chapters ahead of her and so every time we got to one we'd like we'd like say it out loud and we turned to my dad and be like hey dad (laughs) we'd say the little pickup line (laughs) it was like Wow. Yeah, they're good. They're, some of them are really funny. You got to read it just for the pickup lines, I feel like. Because, and, and I think it's so, she did a good job because it's part of the theme. Like, as part of the two relationship goes, mm-hmm. he does cheesy pickup lines for her as a tease. Yeah. And so it's cute. And he has some good ones. Keeps it lighthearted the whole time. <laughs> Keeps it lighthearted, yeah. It's, oh, man. I just rereading this again. I'm like, oh, I love him. <laughs> I love him so much. Okay, so I think it is very clean. The only thing I would say is there is a scene where they kiss and she doesn't have her shirt on, but she's wearing just a bra. But there's, like, a reason for it, and it's hilarious. So there's that disclaimer, but it's still so good. It's so good. It's so funny. You laugh, like, at every page. I'm telling you, like, I've never read a book this funny. That's true. That's a rom-com. Honestly, I don't think I have. Like, there's some other really good ones where you'll laugh out loud, but this one where you're consistently laughing out loud or smiling the whole time, like... Yeah, it's really heavy on the calm part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rom-com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just had to give that out there. So, yeah, okay, so here's the back of the book. I'm going to read this, and then we'll get to the spoiler section. I can't lock up the library until the guy asleep at his desk leaves. Thank the universe for audiobooks because I could be here all night. But I see his mouth twitch at the exact moment a steamy kiss takes place. My face burns when I realize my headphones aren't plugged in and my phone is at full volume. (laughs) I love this scene. (laughs) It's not every day you see a new face in my small hometown of two hearts, let alone one belonging to the annoyingly handsome all-star NFL player. But for some reason, Chris Stearns has decided that the library where I work is his go-to spot to hide from his mega fans. And unfortunately, winding me up is his new favorite sport. Being crowned world's sexiest man has done little to curb his confident charm. And when he somehow ropes me into his two-person book club, I can't help warming to his endless positivity. But when a photo of him stumbling out of a Las Vegas club with a woman in tow is leaked to the press, I can't help but question whether his good boy persona is just an act. And that far from the only answer I'm left searching for when Chris pops a question I've only ever heard in my favorite romance books, did he really just ask me to marry him? It's not the proposal I was expecting, but when my mom's medical bills piling up faster than I can pay them and with the scandal threatening to ruin everything Chris has worked for, could an engagement be the perfect fake out for us both? Or is this a game we'll both lose? A totally uplifting and addictive friends to lovers romance full of laugh out loud moments. Perfect for fans of Emily Henry, Sarah Adams, and Olivia Dade. Okay. So I didn't read the back of the book when I first read the advanced reader copy. I had no idea it was going to be a fake engagement. No idea. So when I, I got there, I was like, yeah, <gasps> I are you kidding either. me? But it's like a little bit of foreshadowing in like two scenes before it happens. And I was like, yeah. mom, I know what's going to happen. Oh, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> well, 
Maybe I did. I can't remember. But it was, anyways. So, when we get there. Okay, I'll so we're going you. to the spoiler section now. So if you haven't read it yet and you want to read it before you listen to us, go read it and come back to us so we can talk about it. All right. So we start in the library with May. She is the only worker at this library because her budget has been slashed significantly and so she's doing everything but she loves her job so she's there she's locking up and there's one guy who's asleep in the corner on this chair and she's noticing him that he's very handsome and like it says in the back of the book that she's listening to a spicy romance book she's trying to wake him up and before he kind of comes to and smiles and shows that he's awake her audiobook starts playing and it's getting it's at a very steamy part and so she has to hurry and pause it and then he starts teasing her about it he's, <laughs> and so they're having this he's like wait i want to know what he's gonna do i know what was the duke gonna do where was he gonna place his hand and so, it's so funny so he's teasing her about it and of course she's very snippy and like attitude-y and fiery and so he's teasing her and she's like trying not to react to how handsome he is. So eventually she kicks him out and before she's able to shut the door, he's like, I think I have an idea of where he's going to place his hand. And so anyways, he, she locks up and it's so cute. So then later she's shopping at for groceries and she's kind of in her head and she's talking with this lady. And we learned that her mom has just recently had a stroke and there's medical bills upon medical bills that are just stacking up. And she's trying to not stress her mom out because she wants her just to focus on recovering. And so she's had all of the bills sent to her library. And so she's trying to take care of all the bills and her mom's just trying to recover. One thing that's important to note is that their dad left them. He's a scumbag. And she, it's just her mom, herself, and then her sister, Iris, who's like emo, black hair, like vintage rock star bands and stuff like that and she is struggling with her grades right now and she keeps coming home late past her curfew so she's kind of getting in trouble and she's like okay whatever iris is kind of ignoring it kind she's of like the rebellious she's very rebellious generic rebellious child teenage girl yes but you learn to love her a lot yeah, more i mean I she's like funny her. from the beginning too they're both hilarious but anyways to cover expensive for the expenses for these medical bills may works a second job and it's very different than the library job <laughs> she works at a place called chickies and it's kind of like hooters i imagine in my yeah. head and so she's just working there as a server and her manager there, she's kind of going through this flashback where <laughs> during the interview, who's like staring at her chest the whole time. And she's like, hello, eyes up here, dude. And she... We all know one like that. <laughs> Do you? Oh, we don't? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I guess not we all know one, but like we've all encountered that. <laughs> if you have big boobs, you know what I, that's uh, like. It's your big boobs. <laughs> it's a whole different world, I don't guys. people like that, my friends. Let's just be... <laughs> We were talking about how I was like, Shannon, we need to have a big boob boutique <laughs> and come up with clothes that are specific for ladies with big boobs. Because yeah. it doesn't mean that you are like a heavier lady necessarily. It just means that you have big boobs. And so clothes fit you differently. And yeah. it's been my life struggle. As soon as these yeah. ladies came in, like trying to find clothes that look good and flattering on me is so difficult so and still is a challenge today. I know. Because usually it's like you have to go up a size or two just mm -hmm. to fit the girls. And but then, then your sleeves are crazy big long yeah, and, and then, then everywhere else is all baggy. And then sometimes that's not the look you're going for. And usually not. It's such a struggle, guys. So one day we'll come out with the big boob boutique. It's hard to say. So maybe we will do it. The bu -bu -bu -bu. But you just found a store that's really great, right? What's it called? 
Torrid? Yeah. So I didn't know about Torrid. I just got a bra that actually fit. That's that's hard magical. to come by. Yeah, it is a I magical. I too. Yeah. I don't care how much they are. <laughs> and they were on sale. So. Ugh. Thank you, Torrid. Okay, back to the story. So, sponsor us. <laughs> sponsor us here. Please send us some bras. All right. <laughs> so she's May is at. So May is a little curvier, right? Like we learn, mm-hmm. it's not explicitly like really stated at the beginning. It's not really a big deal at all, but it is mentioned she's throughout. Like yeah, fantastic. We love it. We love realistic ladies. Mm-hmm. So she's at her job. She, it's funny because guys will hit on them, and they're usually drinking and stuff like that. And she just does not put up with it. But it gets her in trouble with the manager, mm-hmm. and so that she has an attitude. But and she's like, she tries to rein it in because she needs the money to pay off the medical bills. Yeah. And I'm, I just feel bad. It just, you see how exhausted she is because she's going from one exhausting job to another exhausting job. And it's just, she's barely getting any sleep and she's trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. And plus the stresses of her mom and like taking care of her sister and everything. So she has a stressful life. So the next day she's at her cafe with her friend, Allie, who I love. Mm-hmm. She's a major prankster. Like she just does pranks all the time. Allie just comes in and starts talking about this new Chris Stearns who's in town and going off about like all the things she's read about him and how she's on, he's on a magazine cover and she's like talking about how sexy he is and everything. And then a male voice interrupts him. He's like, yeah, I'm holding a puppy. And then they turn around and it's Chris Stearns there at the cafe. (laughs) It's so funny. He's a football player and he donates to charity and he visits kids in hospitals and he's just, (laughs) <laughs> He's an amazing guy, like almost too good to be true. Yeah. And so while he's having a conversation, he kind of interrupts and they, the three of them have a conversation. Also, Peter comes in and he's the mayor of the town who also is May's ex. They dated for like two years and he's just a very selfish person. This We don't like him. Yes. And he kind of introduces Chris like they're old best friends. So you're wondering like how do they know each other and stuff like that. He's the one who slashed the library's budget in half. And so she had to let her assistant go and she's running everything on her own. So not only is he the ex, but he slashed her budget in half, making everything difficult for her. She's not getting paid as much. She's working overtime. Anyways, we hate Peter. Okay. Mm-hmm. In this conversation, <laughs> in this conversation, after Peter leaves, Chris is talking with May, and he's like, okay, so about our book club. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, we're going to have a two-person book club. Do you want to do cowboys or pirates? And she's like, I'm not doing a book club. Typically says, like, romance books. When he's asking her if he wants to do cowboys or pirates, he's like, you know what, never mind. I'm going to surprise you. And she's like, whatever. And she just kind of marks it off in her head. So we're now at the library scene. I'm We're going to skip kind of a lot because there are a lot of layers in the story that are so good. You need to read it to really get it. But it would take it would make the podcast way too long. So I am going to skip a couple themes here. But I'm going to jump forward to when she's at the library. And she's gotten some of the bills there. And then it's reading time, and there's a lot of kids that come in for reading time, and she does this cute little, you know, seeing time. I don't know if you guys have ever done. Have you ever gone to the library? Have I taken you with with me? It's really cute, and I'm really grateful that they do that because it's fun. They do little singing time. They sometimes have puppets and stuff. So so she's doing the same kind of thing. She's singing and stuff like that. (laughs) And then she sees Chris comes in, 
And he has a big smile on his face. He loves what he's seeing. And he pulls up one of the kid chairs and sits in it. And his, like, knees are really high because he's, like, really low to the ground. And he starts singing with them and stuff like that. It's so cute. And all the moms that are there, like, start looking, like, trying to do their hair, (laughs) trying to look really pretty because, of course, he's so handsome. And by this point, everybody knows that he's there because it's a small town. Mm -hmm. And there's a kid who who, she goes to the next one and she didn't have any more puppets for the kids. And there's one kid who didn't get a little puppet to sing for the next song and she's like well I want one and so May's like well why don't you come up here and you can help me turn the pages trying to like help her feel included and then she goes I don't want to turn the pages and she like starts crying and the mom that brought the child is dead asleep because she has like a newborn and so she's like oh shoot what I'm gonna do well Chris is like it's okay. I didn't get a puppet either. You can come sit next to me. I'm I've, really sad about it. I'm really sad about me. it too. Come sit with me. And I was like, oh, I love him. He's, oh, wow. So good with kids. And that was such a good thing to say. So she goes and sits next with him and they sing the song. And she's by the end is like leaning all over him because mm-hmm. she just like loves him, you know. And so they're singing and they go through with it. And then after everybody leaves, one kid is like asking her questions and Peter come, <laughs> comes barging in and is like, what is this? And she finds him for for a book that's been like two years or however five years like a long time five years and so she calculated per day and he goes what the heck is this like 200 and something dollars for a a fine and it's (laughs) she's like oh yeah is it for the dummy's guide to manscaping (laughs) (laughs) and so she outwardly says this and the girl the little kid that's there is like what is manscaping? She goes, ask your mom. And like is teasing him and stuff like that. And Chris is overhearing this. And so eventually she gets Peter to leave. And she's trying to make money, right? She goes, well, I'm going to. She's like, I forgive everybody's late fees. But Peter's, no. And so she sent him a bill. Anyways, Chris has brought her a gift. And so she opens it. And it's a book for their book club called The Pirate's Booty. (laughs) And it's a romance book. (laughs) And it's so funny. And I'm going to read this because it's so cute. And I just love Chris and everything that he says pretty much. So this is what she says. Why in the world would you want to start a book club? I lean closer to whisper. A romance book club, no less. With a person you hardly know. A frown tugged at his mouth. Well, I like to read and I like you. You don't even know me. I rolled my eyes. I could have the bodies of the last three people who asked me to be in a book club buried in the backyard. One side of his mouth kicked up in amusement. Do you? Would I tell you if I did? No, because we aren't friends, especially not friends who share where the bodies are buried. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. So anyways, he's like, he convinces her to do a book club and he gives her, he bought the book and gave it to her for the book club. I'm like, the perfect pickup strategy mm-hmm. for any guys who want to know like start a book club start with a, a book club with your girl in. yeah and buy her books are you kidding wow. me wow she's okay so anyways in that conversation he gets her number and during that conversation when he gets her number she's like was that a pickup line and he goes oh no 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 you'll know when you when i get use a pickup line <laughs> and so it's funny because he does use it later it's so funny um Wait, is this the point he puts his phone number into her yeah he takes her phone and he puts his phone number in there and then she just ignores it and you don't know until later that he put his name as dreamboat in her phone (laughs) i love it and so later the first thing he texts her is a pickup line and it's it's fantastic (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that later but so fast forwarding iris is she's at home and iris is talking to her and she wants 
to invite her dad to her graduation, but he's not re- returning any of her phone calls, which, of course, is like him because he's a terrible person. Yeah, he's a con man. Her mom asks May to give her dad a call because he thinks she thinks that he might answer if she gives him a call. And she doesn't really want to. Oh, I got to read this. This one's really good. So she doesn't really want to call him because he, she knows how terrible he is and she he's not worth, like, getting into Iris's life. But Iris never really knew him. And so she's kind of trying to protect Iris a little bit. So then later that night, Dreamboat texts her and says, did you fall from heaven? Because I think you're an angel. (laughs) And then she responds, were you born on a highway? I hear that's where most accidents happen. (laughs) And then he says, you are savage. And she replies, thank you. And he says, we're still having book club meeting tomorrow at lunch, right? And she goes, and then he says, I'm on chapter 10 and I have questions. So he's like literally reading the book and it's the cutest thing. I know. I love that he's so into it. And I read that quote from the author posted it on her Instagram, I think. Yeah. And I was already dying just from that line. Just from that. (laughs) Born on a highway. I so (laughs) wear. Oh, I like this next one. Okay. So next one, next scene is we're going to jump forward to the actual book club. So he comes to the library at lunch. She closes down the library for lunchtime and they go into the back room where it's a copy room and a multi-purpose room kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so he, the library, I'm going to read this. It says the library door burst open and Chris Dreamboat Stearns was suddenly standing in front of me. He was very sweaty. That should be very unattractive. It was not. Neither was the fact he was wearing one of those shirts with the sleeves cut off at the shoulders that looked stupid on mortal men. On him, it highlighted the muscles in his arms. There were a lot of them, and I noticed. I, I promised to have a long introspective discussion with myself about this later. <laughs> because she was, like, noticing all of his muscles, and she's, like, getting attracted to him. And, she's like, trying not to. She's trying not to feel all those feelings. Oh, my gosh. So, so it's so cute because he actually takes notes for their book club. And so they're sitting down, and they're eating. She's, like, checking them out and trying to focus. But she, he pulls out his book, and it has a whole bunch of tabs and and markings and stuff on it. But then he said, he asks a question. Do you think the character of the first mate is the author's commentary on the struggle of the everyday man in the early 19th century? I blinked twice. And can we talk about chapter 14? Doing the deed in a crow's nest sounds kind of uncomfortable. At the very least, there'd be a whole lot of splinters in places you do not want splinters. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I <laughs> loved the first part. I was like, what? I know. <laughs> like he actually has these deep thoughts about this. <laughs> Like, smutty book that they're reading. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, my gosh. If a man were ever to say that to me. Oh, you well, probably fall in love, instantly. right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so we're at Chickie's. We're fast-forwarding to Chickie's, and she's working. And this lady's like, oh, yeah, this big wig is coming in tonight and blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, okay, luckily I'm not t- serving that table. I just do not have the energy or the mood to cover, to be on my best behavior for that or whatever. But later, as the waitress is taking care of them, she's like, here, help me carry all this food. There's a big table, you know. So she's helping carry all this food, and she sees it's Chris there. Chris Stearns is there, and he notices her, (laughs) and she starts to panic. And in this kind of, like, she's trying to not make eye contact, but he's looking at her. So then they make eye contact, and she spills food all over who we find out is Chris's agent and he's the one who picked the place and he is throwing up a fit it's like a two thousand dollar suit and he's making a big scene about it and Chris is like it's fine you're fine it's an accident she didn't mean to do it we can you know and she's like I promise I'll pay for the dry cleaning he's like I'm sure it's okay no big deal so Chris kind of smooths it over and he calms him down and then later he comes up to her 
She goes to the bathroom, tries to <laughs> try to get it together after that, and she comes out of the bathroom and Chris is there. So she pulls him into the supply closet, and they have a conversation. I think she's like, "Don't tell anybody that I work." She's here. like, "I don't want to hear it from you. Don't say anything." And he's just like really amused, and he's like, I, "Where's your glasses? I kind of miss your glasses. I like yeah. your glasses." I think he was like. Did he say, like, can you wear that to a next book club? Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, she's giving him a snarky reply. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, she was so mortified at that. But he was he was fine. He was fine about it and everything like that. So, then, the next, we're fast forward. She's sick at home. And so, she's been texting Chris and stuff like that. And then he shows up at her house. And she's like, how did you find out where I live? Are you stalking me? Like, you're being kind of creepy. And he goes, your friend told me that you were sick and weren't feeling good. And he comes oh, bringing soup. Oh, my gosh. So and then cute. her friend, I'm just quoting your friend who says, like, you're a monster when you're sick, essentially, something like that. And so she doesn't want to come check on you, but she wanted me to come check on you. So here's some soup. <laughs> and she, <laughs> it's funny because... He's like, please take this. Can I come? Can I come in? She goes, no, but I'll take the soup. She takes the soup. And he's like, okay. And he turns around <laughs> and he does this big scene where he's pretending to be really, so he's like Charlie Brown, his head tilts over <laughs> and he's walking all sad. He looks over his shoulder and he kick, <laughs> kicks a rock and then he keeps walking all so slowly. And she goes, oh my gosh, fine. Come in. And he's like all excited. And he runs in. <laughs> And she goes, does that work most? He goes, yeah, it usually works most times for me. And she goes, you're so dramatic. So anyways. Just picture that so perfectly. And he's like looking around and she's like, hey, this isn't a fancy. We're not millionaires or anything like that. So like, I don't want to hear it. You know, he's like, there's so many rabbits in here. And it's because of her grandma collected rabbit like figurines and things like that. And he's like, why do you have duct tape on your <laughs> on your dishwasher? That's not supposed to be there. She goes, yes, it is, because that's the only way to keep it shut. Of It'll course, work. it works. And so they have like a little argument. And they're sitting on the couch, and he's just kind of looking around, and they're having a conversation. She's eating. And before she knows it, she's hearing voices of, like, her mom and her sister. And she's like, I'm taking so many pictures. I'm going to put this on Instagram. And he's like, please don't do that. Like, please don't. And then she wakes up realizing she fell asleep on him, and her mom and her sister came home. And so... That's, like, one of my favorite tropes, when, like, the main girl falls asleep. On the guy? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, unintentionally cuddling. And it's really, really cute. This scene was really cute. And he meets her her sister and her mom, and it's so perfect. I love this scene so much. Then she goes to bed, and then when she wakes up, like, at 2 in the morning, she notices that the dishwasher was fixed. It's so cute. I know. It's just a little thing, guys. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, he's just taking care of her. Take the initiative. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know how we find out. Again, these are terrible notes. I shouldn't be doing... You should have done these. So we find out later. We said Allie is like a prankster, right? Well, we find out later because May told Allie that Peter's trying to cut her budget again. He's already cut it significantly, but he's wanting to cut it again. And he's trying to get the council to vote on it. And she's like... I like I'm barely getting by as it is and you're wanting to cut it again and she already hates Peter right and Allie also hates Peter so Allie being the prankster that she is she signs Peter up for a magazine subscription called girls and corpses (laughs) anyways I can even just imagine what's in there oh my god it goes to his like mayor office yes and so his assistant or his secretary like freaks out and he finds out he's like tell her to stop unsubscribe me (laughs) anyways so then Allie tells her 
tells May about the an article that she found about Chris and it's a Chris in the pictures he's like kind of le- leading her into a room and the video says come on I'll take care of you and they go into a room. into a room yeah and so it looks really really bad yeah. and They're so like in Vegas drinking mm-hmm. so May gets kind of disappointed because she's like oh man he was seeming he was seeming like this really great guy yeah, he was too good to be true. too good to be true I knew it yeah and you find in her point of view, were you just going to say that? Like, she, you can see that she doesn't believe in happily ever after. She's had a very crummy life. Life is pretty crummy. And she's like, that's why we read, because we want the happily ever after. But it's not real. It's she doesn't not, believe in love because her dad, she saw her mom and dad, and her dad's terrible. Yeah, and, and he left them. And he's screwed. ended up in prison several times yeah. and has done a lot of terrible cr- crimes and stuff like that. And her mom has struggled all these years. And... So she has no hope in that kind of life or anything like that. And then to have this happen, she was like, oh, yeah, well, I shouldn't have gotten any inkling of hope because, you know, this just proved it right here. Well, at their second book club, they're talking about the book and how in there is a trope, a marriage of convenience, which I think we've talked about. You love marriages of convenience, I right? I do. But that- Especially in Regency times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I was going to say. That's the foreshadow. Because he was mm-hmm. like, he stops her and was like, what's a marriage of convenience? And then she's like, well, it's, they both need to be married for whatever reason. And it works in both of their favors. Mm-hmm. So they just get married convenience. And it's not, they're not in love or anything. It's just like they're. They're helping each other. And usually in stories, it turns into them falling in love. Yeah, that's kind of the whole point. And I was But reading, as soon. Yeah, go ahead. I was reading in the car and I was like, Mom, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> and she's like, what, really? And I was like, yep, yep, I know what's going to happen. And because he was like. Because <laughs> he stopped. He super yeah, distracted. He was like, what is that? And so she explains it. And then he was just like literally just sitting there. You could see he was just thinking, not paying attention to the book anymore. Yeah. And she's like, we don't have to do this right now. We can do it later. And he was like, you don't mind? And then he like packs yeah. up really quick and just leaves. And she's like. That was weird. Yeah. And so and that's I was it. Like, like, yep, he's going to go talk to somebody about a marriage of this For whatever reason, we don't know kind of all that's into it yet. But yeah. I knew it was coming. <laughs> so great. So now we're going to fast forward to when she's working at Chickie's again. And she overhears in the locker room because they change into their outfits and stuff like that. One of her coworkers is talking to her ex and she's like she needs $500 and he's not paying his child support and all this stuff she's struggling she's I really wish I could help you like she really genuinely wishes she could help her but she can't because she has her own medical bills to worry about her mom so anyway she's working and then someone comes and tells her hey there's a that guy who was here that night wants to talk to you so she goes up to him and she's like well I can't just stand here talking to you I'll get in trouble but let me serve you and stuff so she's like working at the bar and he's like I want you to marry me. And she literally just runs away. (laughs) She just runs away. And then he tells one of the workers to come find her and say, hey, I'm going to, I'll just wait for you when your shift is done. And so she tells the worker, she goes, tell him that I'm going to be here really late. So she goes and tells him. And then she comes back with a message from him saying, I have nothing better to do. So I'll just, I'll just wait till you're done. And then she goes to give him another message. She goes, just go talk to him yourself. I said, this isn't, this isn't school. Like go talk to him, be an adult about it. So she ends up ignoring him until she's done with her shift. It's like one in the morning. And then she talks with him and she's like, I will listen to what you have to say. If you give her a $500 tip. 
which is the amount of money that she needed. And he goes, really? And she's like, yeah, $500. He's like, $500? And she's like, yeah. He goes, okay. So he gives her a tip of $500. I know. So great. (laughs) So great to have lots of money. So he gives her the tip. And then she's like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say. And so they end up on the back of his truck. And they're just talking. And I think this is where... I did love that that scene where, so he has like a lifted truck or whatever. It has the tail down. He gets up easily and she's like stubborn and won't let him help her up. And she can't get up. It's hilarious. So eventually she's like, I'm just just going to stand. stand. Yeah, I'm just going to stand. He ends up like just lifting her. her. And she goes, what did she say? She's like, I shouldn't be impressed by that, but I am, (laughs) you know. Anyway, so in this conversation that they're having together, he explains the whole scenario that happened in that article. He was in Vegas with his friends. He was mad at his friends because of how drunk they got and everything. And then all these girls, like, girls were there and things like that. And one of the girls that was around was his sister. And so he took his sister in and we find out his sister is kind of struggling. Like, there's a lot that's going on in her own personal life. She lives on her own. She has a kid. And she wind, wound up being there. And so he's like, let, and she was drunk. And so he was like, let me take care of you. Like, literally, like, just trying, literally just trying to take care of her and get her out of that situation. And it looks bad. But he's like, I don't want to come out and explain it because I don't want to put my sister's name out there. I don't want to run her through all this. She's already struggling as it is. I want to keep her anonymous, you know. And so I'm taking the brunt of it, which is fine. But it's not helping me because he donates a lot of money He's like the spokesperson for his charities and now it's causing problems with that and he wants to he wants to keep that because it's like the children's hospital it's foundation so we learn about his the reason why he's connected to this charity and doing the work with the hospital he works with a research facility and he donates to them regularly because we found out too because he's just so amazing after he retires from playing football he wants to go to medical school and help in researching because his sister has had hlhs which stands for hypoplastic left heart syndrome and so she's had this heart condition and it's been it's impacted his whole family and her sister his sister significantly and so he's been interested in that and he wants to learn more about it and he wants to kind of help the cause you know and so he's he it's very important to him and having this news article circulating around isn't helping him help the research progress and things like that so it's very important to him and he's thinking that if he came up with a proposal it could shift the attention to him being engaged and it could bring things to light in a positive way and so he wants to be fake engaged with her and she's like absolutely not absolutely not this is absurd I don't even know you why do you even want to talk like I don't even get it and he goes you remind me of my sisters like they don't put put up with me they don't care if I'm famous or anything like that and you are the same way like it's really fresh fresh breath refreshing it's refreshing (laughs) I don't know what I was trying to say yeah (laughs) it's a breath of fresh air and so he really, really likes it. And that's what drawn that what's drawn him to her in the first place. And then she's like, no, absolutely not. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And so then she's walking away and goes, oh, and if you were to agree to do it, it comes with $100,000. And so she like, goes home, can't sleep at all. And at 2 a.m., she finds her mom in the kitchen and she's upset because she found out about the medical bills. One of the medical bills came in and it's like for $7,000. She goes, I don't know why I wasn't thinking about that, but where are the other medical bills? And she's like, well, mom, don't worry about it. She goes, she's like, mom, don't worry about it. She goes, no, I know you're keeping this from me. And I know you, you shouldn't have this responsibility. You shouldn't be taking this all on. Like, 
you shouldn't be keeping this from me, you know? And so she's, she goes back into her room and it's like 3 a.m. And she texts Dreamboat and just all she says is yes. And then all he says in response is thank you. <laughs> so that leads us to when they are signing a contract because they have to sign a contract for this whole thing. So Doug, who is his agent, who we hate, is not for this. And he's trying to talk him out of it. And he's saying snarky things about May and how she looks and things like that. Because May even says, like, you could have anybody for this, you know. And goes, no, but I want you. I want you to do this with me. And Doug is, like, agreeing and saying inappropriate things, kind of, like, rude things. In this contract, it says she can no longer work at Chickie's. And she's like, well, I, I need that money. Like, I can't just not work there. And goes, I'll pay you in advance for those weeks that you'll be off. And she's like, okay. And in there, there's also a PDA clause where they have to pretend like they're actually in love. And so she's like, okay, so like, what are you talking about? Their publicist named Piper is also there. And she's talking about the PDA clause. And she's like, you know, like holding hands, hugging, kissing, you know, all this stuff. She's like, okay, okay. <laughs> like she's trying not to hyperventilate. So then she signs it. And it's a small town, so people gossip about her and Chris being together. And that night, she has a first date with Chris. And so they go to their first date, and they go to this taco truck. And he's never been there, but she's been there. Oh, every time we talk about food, I get so hungry. <laughs> I'm so hungry. We always do this in the morning, and I haven't eaten yet. Anyways, so they're at a taco truck. And she's like, whoa, 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 you can't start eating yet. You have to try these new sauces. And there's three different kinds of sauces. And he's like, okay. For every sauce I try, we get to ask each other a question, right? And so they try it. They ask each other a question, and it's kind of spicy. And then it gets spicier. And then it gets so spicy, he's, like, crying. And she's, like, barely tearing up, like, because she goes there all the time. And he's like, how are you? How is your face looking like that? Like, how are you able to eat this and not, like, melt down? I feel like I'm going to die. And so it's so funny. But he never ends up asking the last question. That's important because it comes up later. So now she's, because Peter's trying to cut her library budget even more, she calls a committee to help save the library. And they come up with the idea to have a fundraiser. And so they're kind of coming up with ideas of what to do for this fundraiser. Well, they have a second date and Chris takes her to, I'm jumping forward. They have a second date and Chris takes her to a bookstore to pick out their second book for their book club. Ah! I mean, I'm telling you guys, if you want any date ideas, this is fantastic. And the owner of the shop was like, oh, she knows Chris. Yeah, he's like, Chris is in here all the time. So she talks about Chris to Chris about it. And she's like, so you're in here all the time? He goes, well, I mostly come in so I can ask her questions about you because she used to work there. Mm -hmm. So he's like learning more about her. I know. It's just so romantic. I love it. So on while they're looking for books, they're like, you know, bantering back and forth. And she like trips and he catches her and they almost kiss because they're having a moment and they're looking in each other's eyes deeply. And freaking Peter pops up, stupid Peter. And he's like, hey, I solved your problem about the no assistance thing. And he found a kid who who needs community hours or volunteer work. And so he's going to come in and she's like, "Okay, well, what kind of kid is this? Like, are you sending me someone who's going to cause more trouble? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's a great kid, really smart, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to skip forward to when the boy appears. His name is Aiden at the library. And he's very, very smart. And he can fix computers, which is great because she doesn't really know anything about computers. And he doesn't. He's a sweet kid. He doesn't dress or act like a troubled child. No. I guess you would say he's like 
wears like professional clothing like button yeah. downs and stuff and she's yeah. like what the heck did he do yeah did need community hours she's like i'm yeah. so confused yeah you find out later too and I, I didn't really put it in the notes but you find out later that what he did was something that people deserved but it was wrong even though like there's people he was going against people who were doing bad things and he was trying to write right the wrong and he ended up getting trouble and the judge didn't care either way and so he has to do hours of work anyways but it ends up being good you'll find out later all right so piper chris's publicist tells them that an anonymous video is circulating around from a person who's like dressed up in black and their voice has changed and things like that it says what happened in Vegas with a woman is someone who's very, very, very close with Chris. And Chris refuses to say who it is. And it's this anonymous person in this video is pretty much insinuating that it's someone who's like in a ro romantic relationship with Chris. And he's like, yeah, I'm not coming out. I'm not saying who my sister is. And so and so Piper's like, well, the positive thing is that we're getting a lot of great feedback and views about you dating May. But we're going to need to announce your engagement pretty soon. And so you need to announce it with your family over the weekend. And so they're going to have to do a weekend trip. So he's like, well, how are we going to do, you know, how are we going to do this? Anyways, well, we have a flight that or a plane that we're allowed to use. So they plan to go up with their family that weekend. And she's like kind of freaking out that night because they're going to kind of announce the engagement. He goes and asks her mom to marry him before they go on a date for and yeah. and from permission and then then he they go they go on a date and so she's like what did what did she say and he's like well she says it's really fast but she trusts your decision so if you're up for it then she supports you you know and she's like oh that was actually really sweet yeah. you know so he she doesn't may doesn't know but he's taking her to a stage proposal that piper kind of arranged and so he goes up and there's like twinkling twinkling lights everywhere it's in, in this gazebo and it's really cute and there's this beautiful opal ring and so anyways i we don't hear about the proposal or anything like that but we do know that it was staged for a proposal and like piper's pictures. there is taking picture on on her phone pretty much and it's cute. So then she comes back and then her mom and Iris are there and they're all talking about him and all stuff. And she has to pretend she's like, yeah, well, I, I love him, you know, so we're getting engaged, you know, so she's trying to, trying to. Her I can just picture she's like the worst actor. actor. I know she's like, I'm trying really hard to be an actress because she's so like straightforward and like honest and like doesn't put up with anybody's crap. So it's like. It, it would be interesting to see how she acts in real life. But so anyway, so now everybody knows on her family that she's engaged and that weekend they're flying to his parents' house and she's really nervous. And as soon as we get there, you just are going to love his family. They're fantastic. So they get there and their mom is there and she's like, okay, Chris, go with your sister. I'm kicking you out. I need to talk with me. So they sit at the table and they're talking and she, in this conversation, talked about how I want you just to relax. Chris has told me about how busy you are and how much you work and you're trying to take care of your mom. And also I want you just to relax. Like, don't worry about trying to put on a presentation for us. We, we take everybody as they are. That's our motto. Like you come, we love you as you are. Margo is his mom's name. When they're having a conversation, at the table this is what his mom says don't mind me i'm just so excited i've prayed for a woman to come along who would get a hold of chris but the right woman one who will appreciate his heart instead of the football and the fame and all of that that kind of stuff doesn't last she's and then may says to be honest you hardly know me and then margo continues i know my boy you know he called that very first day he met you and told me about the pretty librarian who yelled at him he did sure did i've heard the way he talks about you and now i've seen the way he looks at you <laughs> I know. I just love when the guy falls in love with the girl first. Oh, and then she says, how does he look at me? 
Aggie said that. Like you're his favorite thing in the whole world. Oh my gosh. I know. It's so sweet. Oh my gosh. The first day he met her at the library, he called his mom and told her it's about so her. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> so he's like, wait, that's before that's before this contract and all stuff. So that her wheels are turning. She's like, okay, okay, okay. Keep it together, keep it together. <laughs> his sisters are just, they have a personality. Oh, they're so bold and just wonderful. Let me find a quote about... So here it is. So this is when his youngest sister takes May for a little walk without anybody else being around. So she says, but you should know we love that big idiot a lot. He's the best brother. He paid for all of Betsy's school, helps out Ellie, and set aside a college fund for Aggie. He bought this house for my parents, and even though none of them think I know, having this heart is expensive, even with insurance. He pays for all that too, but it isn't the money stuff. He takes care of all of us, little quiet things that nobody thinks of. So then Mace thinking in her head, my heart squeezed at the fierce, tender way she spoke of her brother. She says, you all are lucky to have him. And then his sister continues, you're right. And you have him now too. So please hear me loud and clear. If you hurt him in any way, we will find you. And then they won't find you. <laughs> Such a good threat. Uh -huh. She says, did you just, and then her sister says, threaten you? Sure did. But don't worry. We'll make it a quick death. <laughs> then she says, come on, let's go eat some ice cream and watch a movie. <laughs> so great their personalities are just wonderful oh i love them so you can see he loves his family so much he's such a kind heart and his sisters love him too and so they're like hey listen we see he's bringing you here he doesn't bring girls here ever not like you and so we know this is a thing but like don't hurt him we love him you know we're very protective of him and then, oh, mm, so good. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm fast forwarding and they're having a lake day. Oh gosh, Shannon is coming to the best stuff ever. Okay. So then it's a lake day. And so on this lake day, they're getting in their swimsuits and stuff. And Chris, of course, doesn't have a shirt on. And she is just like. For the first time. No. Shirtless? Oh, yeah. Shirtless for the first time. She's <laughs> seen his arms, but she hasn't seen. Okay. So she's reflecting on how amazing he looks on the outside and how he's so amazing on the inside. And so she's like. <sighs> Trying to keep it together. After they have this whole day, they have like a lake house there. After they have this lake day and they're playing and stuff like that, she goes inside the house and she gets changed out of her swimsuit. And then Chris comes in. He's like, okay, you ready? And she goes, yeah, let me just grab the stuff. And it's really tight because it's a small lake house. And so they're trying to open the door to get out and it's locked. And they're like, why can't we open it? So Chris tries to open it. He can't open it. And he goes, hmm, I think this is my sister's pulling a prank on us. He's just, yeah, set this up. And she goes, well, let me, we can just call somebody. I don't think so. And he's like, she goes, where's my phone? He goes, well, where'd you put it? <laughs> and she's like, it was in my bag. I goes, rookie mistake. Shouldn't have put it there. <laughs> Anybody could have grabbed it there. And she goes, you should have told me. She goes, where's your phone? He goes, locked safe in the car dashboard. And she's like, Great. Now we have both no way to communicate. And we're like, he goes, well, might as well get comfortable. Let's go lay down for, <laughs> for the night and go to bed. And so they're locked in this house the whole night. Can't get out. It's kind of hot. And so they're trying to survive. And the bed is like a full-size bed. And she so... Pool noodles in between them because she's like, if we're gonna be in the same bed, we're gonna have boundaries. Yeah, so she put like a pile of pool noodles, and he's like, you know, we'd have more room if you just got rid of those stupid pool noodles. Oh, it's one of my favorite things. And at night, they talk a little bit while they're laying in bed, talk about how they don't like lying to their families. And in this conversation, you can tell that Chris is struggling. Like he is struggling because he wants this to be real so bad. 
And she's like, well, we got to, you know, follow the contract. And I don't know how we're going to get out of it once the contract is up. And so she's thinking logistically about all these things. And he's just like slowly, just like barely hanging on. Because in that conversation too, he's like, well, what if? And he like puts hair behind her ear and like is looking at her and all gently. And gently he goes, what if what? And he goes, never, nothing, you know. And he's just like, what if it wasn't fake, you know. That's so good. So anyway, she can't sleep. <laughs> She's like stressing out. She gets up to go pee and then she goes lay back down and he's like, oh my gosh, stop moving. And she goes, I'm sorry, I can't sleep because I usually have this routine and then I have my weighted blanket and all this stuff. And so he throws all the pool noodles off of the bed and then he just like lays kind of like on her and she goes, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And he goes, just go to sleep. He's like, relax. And then he's like, I'm being your weighted blanket. And so eventually she does actually fall she's asleep. Like, yeah, that works, yeah. <laughs> so she's able to knock out. Well, the next morning, the sisters come back in and they see them like knocked out and his arms like over her. And she goes, I was actually the best sleep I've had in months. And and she's like sad that they were woken up about it. But oh gosh, I love when the sisters come wake him up. Oh, my gosh. And he's like mad at them. Like, yeah, get out of here. And stuff. yeah, and, like, leave us alone. See, I'm trying to sleep. We don't see Chris mad very much. But like, no, when they, he, they get interrupted. He was oh irritated. God. Yeah. Anyways, so then fast forwarding, Piper has this idea of them doing engagement photo shoot at Chris's house with the family. So she had all this stylist and people come in with like gowns and like doing their hair and makeup and stuff. And they got her all dolled up looking really, really pretty. And so then they do pictures and she can't see because she doesn't have her glasses. And the cameraman said she can't wear glasses. And Chris is like, where are your glasses? And she goes, oh, he says I can't have them. So he goes and talks to the cameraman and he's like, you can wear your glasses now. Tell the, the photographer is really snooty and like. Yeah, didn't want her to better. have glasses on because yeah. it would, re- it would re- reflect and stuff like that goes no but she that's her like that's her she needs her glasses so she's able to wear glasses and i love this because he's like we'll start with you we'll take pictures of you and he's like posing them and she's trying not to be awkward about it and the sisters and the mom and the family's watching and as they're taking pictures and doing poses they start rating their poses so they get paper and they draw numbers on the papers and hold up different signs for the rating for the different poses it's so funny it's hilarious (laughs) that is one of my favorite so then yeah so then yes it is my favorite part of the book it's another good one there's so many good ones then the photographer says okay now i want you guys kissing and so she's like kind of freaking out oh it's so good okay i have it i have it i have it so then they have their first kiss and she says before I could blink, his lips pressed against mine and he was done. It barely met the dictionary definition of a kiss. I was sad. Sad because that wasn't the kiss I wanted and confused because I shouldn't want a kiss. And then mad because I was sad and confused. <laughs> it's so funny. And then this is the second kiss because they're like, boo, you know, writing him a negative. Like they're like, that was the worst kiss ever. So the photographer says, can we have some quiet, please? The family's like making a ruckus and stuff. Can we have quiet, please? I would like you to try it again, but slower and with more passion. Chris says, I can do passionate. He lifted my head and gazed down at me. Something was happening behind his eyes, something different, something serious, and it was mesmerizing. He slid my glasses off, carefully folded them up and slipped them into his shirt pocket. One of his hands slid around my waist and settled low on my back. He pulled me closer. My fingers curled into the front of his shirt. Instead of speeding up, my heartbeat grew slow and lazy. With his other hand, Chris cupped my cheek. Try not to enjoy this, okay? As if, she said in response, and then it started out, and then they kiss, and it's so good. It's such a good kiss. As if. As if. So it was a wonderful kiss. They both were feeling something, but they were awkward and didn't want to talk about it. They fly home, and on the drive, she says, okay, about the kiss... And then 
it's awkward and she's trying to like figure out in the contract she's like okay it was just nothing it was part of the contract part of the pda and he says what if we didn't have to untangle because she's talking about how afterwards it'll be awkward to untangle this whole mess and he's like but what if we didn't have to untangle and then she says in response there can't be a what if and then he's like okay so he's just kind of going with the flow because it's what she wants but he obviously doesn't like it the next scene we're at the library and iris shows up and she's like what do you want me here for and she goes meet aiden aiden this is iris he's your new tutor because she's failing one of her grades and if she fails that class she's not going to graduate and so she's struggling with math and aiden's really smart and is going to tutor her and she's like oh fine and goes along with it anyways we're at the next book club pretending like nothing ever happened right this whole weekend didn't happen another book club with chris and they have this conversation where she says that love isn't real it's just a fairy tale fast forwarding again may is at the library they're having another committee meeting for the silent auction they're going to do to fundraise money for the library and chris shows up and offers to just pay the money that they need and she's like no we're not no we're not just doing your crazy amount of donations we're going to do this the legit way and he's like, he smiles. He's like, okay, I won't pay you $100,000 because that's how much money that they need. And so then later, Iris is talking with May and she's upset that her dad hasn't called. And she's at the library with May. She's meeting Aiden to do tutoring. And then later after Iris leaves, Aiden asks May if Iris has a date to the prom. So they're starting to have their own little love story. And it's so cute because I, I think they're perfect for each other. So at oh this- my gosh. We didn't say this, but when Aiden first meets Iris, Iris Ooh. is trying to be like mean and say something like snarky to him. Yeah. And he just whips back right so quick. back. It shuts Iris up. Oh my gosh, it was perfect. It was so good. As I soon as that happened, too. yes. <laughs> and you know what? In the author interview, she talks about how there's another book that's coming out, and I wonder if it's Iris and Aiden. I don't know. Because we know Allie. We know Allie's going to have her own book. I think it's going to be Ellie. Oh. And Ellie's I'll tell you this. Why at Ellie's the end. this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but could we also have an iris though sharon like I know, could you just like a little mini short oh the novella that'd be great yeah, oh anything for us please we It'd would so eat cute. up we just love their story okay so anyways where was i oh peter shows up and he's like hey i got the check i guess your plan of dating an, a rich guy has worked out for you and she's instantly offended she's like excuse me and he keeps saying offensive things so she like gets up on him and she's about to start swinging really mm-hmm. and then peter's like terrified and he leaves because he's saying really awful things to her yeah. but she finds out that chris has written a check for a hundred thousand dollars and one penny because she said do not donate a hundred thousand dollars and he smiles he's like okay i will not donate a hundred thousand dollars and he did a hundred thousand dollars in one penny so she's like she went to chris really mad but she's mad about it she is pissed because she told him not to and he did it in a different way she's like you don't need to solve my problem and 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 i do think because of what peter said it hit him hit a oh you're just using him you know Mm -hmm. and she wants to be able to she is very independent and she needs to rely only on her and she needs to take care of herself only like that's all she's done for so many years she's like I don't need a man I don't need somebody to come and take care of me like I can do this and so it kind of it really pushes her buttons in in the wrong way and so she's really she that's kind of her like her flaw kind of yeah it's her flaw for sure her weakness too so she she went to Chris and she's furious well she finds Chris in the barn because he owns a barn on his property. And my favorite scene, he, she goes in there and it's a beautiful barn inside. And it's this like high classy like gym. 
It's like a converted barn. It's yes, not a like com- a barn you're thinking. Right, right. So it's a converted barn and it's very fancy and it's his gym, his personal gym. And she goes in there and he is shirtless and he is working out and he's all sweaty. Oh, so uh, I love she's so mad at him and he's teasing her because he notices that she's getting distracted and flustered because of him without a shirt on. <laughs> so he's teasing her and he's like, she's like, put a shirt on. Put a shirt on, put a shirt on. He's like, no, I think it's bothering you. I think you like it and all this stuff. And then she goes, fine, if you won't put a shirt on, I'll take mine off. So she takes off her, her shirt and goes, okay, well, put your shirt back on. Please put your shirt back on. And she goes, no, you won't put your shirt back on. And he goes, no, no, okay, I'll put a shirt back on if you put a shirt back on. And she refuses. And so then he gets all close to her and they have this kiss that's incredible it's so good he like pushes her up against the barn wall then piper comes in and she goes oh i'm sorry and she like turns around and they're like awkward they're both just like not even making eye contact or anything like that and so may just ends up storming out what do they discuss the hundred thousand dollars she does and he's like okay fine i'll take it back i'll take back the check so he does work out with peter and he does return takes back the check yeah so, <laughs> so her father actually calls and wants to meet up at Bluebell and it's a, like a cafe or something like that. So he meets up with her and talks to her about how he knows about the engagement and he wants to meet Chris. So of course he wasn't just meeting May to talk, to talk with her or talk about Iris or anything. He want he found out about Chris and his money yes. and wanted to meet with May. It. So he is always coming up. He's like, I have an investment idea that i think a scheme that i think will help and all this stuff and she goes no you are not meeting chris you are never going to talk to him i am here because for some reason iris wants you to be at her graduation but you are a lousy piece of schmuck that like doesn't deserve iris or me in your lives Mm -hmm. but i'm doing this for her she wants you to be there and he gets distracted by looking at this other woman he's like yeah okay okay i'll be there and he gets up and leaves she goes you don't even know when it is and he walks away i mean that just kind of shows you how awful of a person he is So on our way home from the cafe, there's a storm coming in because she had to drive out of town to go meet him. There's a storm coming in and her tire gets flat. So she pulls over. She's trying to fix it. Can't fix it. So she calls Chris and he comes to fix it. The whole time she's just so angry and upset about her dad and like kind of everything else that's happening right now. And so she's trying to get the last bolt off of the wheel and she can't do it. So Chris comes and he's like... Wants to help her, but she can't. Just let me help you. Just she's let me like, help yeah, you. And she's not. So he stands back and he waits a minute while he's watching her struggle. And then she ends up falling into the mud. And so he like helps her up and goes, go sit in the truck. It's warm and you can like dry off. And she goes, that's going to get your car, your truck dirty. He goes, I don't care. Go get in the truck. And she goes, no, I want to finish it. And he, he yells at her. He goes, get in the truck right now. And so she like stops and then she gets into the truck. <laughs> and then after he gets in, he's like, okay, it's fixed. And he already had the heater blaring. He brought towels and he brought her a sh- extra shirt. So considerate. And then, so he like gives her the shirt and starts drying off. And then she says, you yelled at me. And he's like, you needed to be yelled at. You can't be the boss all the time. She's like being stubborn. So eventually he just pulls her over into his lap and she just starts sobbing on his shoulder and he just like holds her there it's such a cute moment it is really and it's so good because he he's no he's so smart because he gets it he's like i know he understands her Mm -hmm. so thoroughly that he knows like when to push and when not to push and like and he really just wants the best for her so Mm -hmm. uh, he's just the greatest so cute so we're at the library again and iris comes running in and 
is so excited. She sees Aiden, kisses him on the lips, and he's like stunned. And she's like, thank you so much. She got a B plus in her math test, and it brought her grade up to a C minus. She has one more test. She's like, if I do good on that one, then I can bring my whole grade up, and I can graduate. And she's so excited. And then after she leaves, May's like, are you okay over there? And he goes, yeah, i just trying to process what happened. She did kiss me, right? So then Allie shows up later and she's kind of glum and she's like, what's going on? And she goes, well, I just don't want to tell you this, but you're, I need to tell you. So this article has come out about Chris and how there's an anonymous source saying that they're, they're not going to get married. It's kind of leaking the whole thing that it wasn't real, but not saying everything yet. So the audience, like the public wouldn't know really what's going on, but definitely puts a wrench into their plans. And so she's talking about how she's mad about the stupid anonymous source that keeps coming up. And Aiden's like, well, I can help you find this anonymous source because he's really good with computers, right? And so he's like, don't worry, I'll do it. So anyways, That's the part where we find out where, what Aiden did to get the community hours. Yeah, he, he hacked the computer system and changed the grade of the basketball team because they were cheating on their testing and they were getting good grades. And he's like, this is wrong, but they need the good grades in order to play basketball. So he hacked the school system and changed their grades back and he got in trouble for it which yeah, is stupid i'm team care. aiden yeah <laughs> i agree shouldn't get treatment just because you're in sports Mm-mm. yeah well i don't know what happened to them if they got in trouble too but yeah, anyways so at the library auction they're setting things up and Allie's there to help and they have this conversation and Allie says i mean i don't think i've ever seen anyone try to take care of you as much as he has and you do not make it easy yeah. She says, what? And Allie says, don't give me that look. Do you know how hard it is to be your friend sometimes? You never call me for help. It's always the other way around. You take care of your mom and your sister at the library and probably a whole parcel of woodland creatures I don't know about because you're just that good. Who takes care of you? So she kind of is calling her out on it too. She's doing this fundraiser thing and there's not a lot of people there. There's like no one showing up. She goes, what is going on? And she's texting Chris because Chris isn't there either. And Allie found out that Peter threw this free pizza. Is it free pizza? Like discounted. Like discounted pizza the same time as their auction to get people to the pizza cafe place instead of going to the auction. And so Allie's like, don't worry, I'm on it. We find out later that she spread a rumor that there's mice in the kitchen. And so people fled the scene Mm -hmm. and came to the auction, which, which is great. Also, Chris comes in bringing in two or three of his football friends. They all have their checks his teammates that are friends and they all have their checkbooks and they all are donating crazy amounts of money on like these ridiculous things like a flower bouquet and like all the stuff they're just paying money for it which is so great and she's like well how did you get them to he's like well they're my friends and they owe me (laughs) like every single one of them they owe me they're part they were part of the video that got chris in this whole situation in the first place so they feel bad yes they do so he they were willing to do it All right, so after this auction, it's really great because they have set up a dance. And so everybody's invited to go to this dance and Chris and May dance and they kiss and it's wonderful. And then I didn't talk about this. Like I said, I was cutting a lot of stuff out, but Chris's parents, she heard his parents, his his father say, it suits you to his, his mom. And she's like, oh, wait a second because the way he said it and the way his dad looked at his mom there's so much love in his eyes and you know it just meant so much more than it just it suits you and she knew Chris has been saying that this whole time he's been saying that to her this whole time it suits you it suits you and so she brings it up she goes so about that and so this is what 
Chris says in this conversation. It's so good. He says, in all that time, dad had never asked her out or even made. So this is talk, he's talking about his parents. In all that time, dad has never asked her out or even made a move on her. So mom got fed up one day. She laid it into him, told him she was tired of never knowing where she stood with him. And she was done. But, and this is the important part. Dad looked right at her and said, I tell you, I love you all the time. I just don't say those words, but you suit me just fine. So in his own way... <laughs> it suits you or you suit me means like I love you and so he's so saying cute. that and it's so cute because later on he says he looks at her he cups her May's face and he's like you're freaking out and she goes I, I, I'm not freaking out <laughs> he's like you're freaking out <laughs> and so it's just I love it because he gets her and he's like he's like basically I just said I love you and he, he knows that she's, she's gonna, spiraling yeah. out of control and he says it's okay I'm patient and she, she says I don't need you to be patient because I'm not scared. I'm not freaking out. And everything is fine. You surprised me. Can I not be surprised when when you said the thing you said? <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so right after this. And it's cute too. Because after he kisses her. It was like a really good kiss. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. But then of course. All good things must come to an end. <laughs> her dad shows up. And they talk privately in the library. He shows up and he gives her a copy of their contract, of their engagement. Somehow he found out about the fake engagement. And he goes, don't worry, you can keep that copy. I have other copies that I can use. And, you know, there's a lot of news outlets that will pay a lot of money for a copy of these contracts. And she's like, don't, please don't do it. And he goes, well, you know, maybe, maybe I can talk to Chris and maybe he can pay more than what the news outlets would pay to keep oh, this under wraps. And she's like, oh, I know. And she's like, you would do that to your own daughter. He's like, you know, like man's got to eat. Oh, he's the worst. So. Maybe so mad. Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I know me too. And then Chris comes in, sees him and he's like, what's going on? May's like, we got to talk. So she wants to cancel the contract they're meeting with piper to figure out what to do okay may offers to be the bad guy and to say that she's lying and that she tricked him so they're gonna try to twist it she's like make me the bad guy i can be like i tricked you into this whole thing that it's not real and that you're the like let's keep you the good guy and he's like i don't want to do that to you and he's like you got to stop being the martyr you're always trying to be the martyr for everybody stop <laughs> and then ooh, then this is good so then he says your mother, your sister, Ali, and the library, it's all your responsibility. No one else. God forbid if you ask someone for help. I bet I'm just another checkmark on your list, right? I grabbed a fistful of his shirt. Why is that wrong? You're supposed to take care of the people you love, you idiot. Too late. I realized what I just implied. Chris's smile was pure satisfaction, and I felt it in my toes. Oh, Sprinkles, I heard it. You can't take it back. You heard nothing. I snapped. Shut up, he said about two seconds before his mouth was on mine. <laughs> so, cute. so cute. And then he does confess his love for her, he says. Okay, this is the way I like you best. Just kissed. But I also like you best when you're sarcastic or when you don't let me get away with anything and when you scrunch up your nose because you're annoyed at me. Chris. No, wait, listen to me. I worked my ass off to play football. I've worked hard at being a good son and brother, and I've worked hard to help those kids in the hospital. I've worked hard to be a man of integrity. I've worked hard my whole life, and it paid off. I've always thought no one could outwork me. He turned to me, his face earnest and so beloved, I felt my eyes grow hot with tears. Until I met this librarian in a random small town who works circles around me. The craziest part? No matter how hard she works, it never it's never enough. But she never gives up. It's humbling. I am humbled by you. I am amazed every day by your tenacity and pers perseverance. I am in awe of how fiercely you love people. I want to be one of those people. <laughs> I know. I want to be able to take care of you and sometimes. But not because you need someone to take care of you, but because I want to. Because that's what we do when we love someone. 
So they confess their love to each other. Is there more? Yeah, you like how oh, It's okay. We're going to skip yeah, yeah. it. So I'm going to fast forward. They just finally confess their love. And he's like, you know what? Don't say anything. Don't talk to your father. I'm going to take care of this. So Chris goes on to an interview on a big news station. And he addresses the gossip about his sister. I mean, of course, he doesn't say it's his sister or anything like that. And he's like, this is not what you think it is. It's someone that I I care for. And I've cared for for a really long time. And if you if you had any dignity, please drop it. Out of respect for this person, please stop. It's not what you think is what's what happened. But and then he just and he's like, it's affecting my work that I do at the Children's Heart Fund, and and I'm trying to make to make light of this bad situation that has this gossip has caused. I created a fake engagement, and it was a mistake. It was and. You know, it's not something that we maybe should have done. And I, I don't want to be a bad, bad example for my fans and things like that. But but after all this, he does say, but my feelings are very, very real. And so then he texts her right after the interview and he says that he's on his way over. So she's kind of freaking out. And her mom and sister are watching that interview and they're like, go get your man, you know. And so she's like, OK, let's get ready. And he appears. And when he's there showing up, she's ready to talk to him. She gets a text message from her dad and she gasps loudly. And he's like, what's wrong? Her dad says, if you think that that's going to stop me, I know who that woman is. It's Eleanor Sanders, who is Chris's sister. And he has pictures. And Chris is like, oh, my gosh. And and she's like, well, let's pay it off and then we'll be over with it. I'll just pay him. He goes, no, because if you pay him, he'll just keep coming back for more. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, fine, then fine. If my sister's name's going to come out, like, it's, then that's what's going to have to, we're just going to have to do this. But I'd rather you stay by my side. I don't want to lose you over this. I would rather this all happen and just happen. But I don't want you to push me away to try to solve this problem. And she says, we need to break this off. And he's like, and they kind of go back and forth. And he's like, you know what? I've said all that I have to say. I'm not giving up. But when, but when you figure it out, like that this is real, I'll be waiting is what he says. And then she says, what if I don't figure it out? And he says, you will. I have faith in you. I have faith in us. So and then he also says, it's going to break my heart to walk away right now. <laughs> so anyways, then she goes back inside and she sobs. So she tells her family everything. And her mom's like, call your dad right now. We're meeting with him love her mom for this so her mom after all these times has kept evidence of all the crimes that her dad has done and she pretty much approaches him and is like burn all your evidence do not touch or approach or talk to or do anything relating to chris or his family ever again you do not come near me or my daughters ever again if you want to talk to us you send a postcard or all these crimes because he's made like fake ids and he stole people's mail to to open up credit card accounts yeah federal crimes you'll be in prison so if you want that i will turn you in Mm -hmm. and so that's it that's the end of him so i love that the her mom kind of got her revenge in this moment and kind of finished it off so i'm glad about that well later on she still hasn't talked to chris because she broke it off and she's all sad and mopey and whatever and trying to pretend like everything's normal but it's not Iris calls at night and she's like, hey, can you pick me up? My car won't start. And it's like past curfew. And so she arrives at a steakhouse and she's like, why are we here at a steakhouse? And so she finds out Iris has been working this whole time. That's why she's been past curfew. She's been, she's had a job and she's like, why are you, why? She goes, well, I know you're taking care of mom and I know like I'm going to be going to college soon. Like I have to pitch in somehow and like you can't be doing all of this for everybody. And they have a wonderful conversation. I freaking love their conversation together. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so good. Hang on. So this is near the end and she's like, She's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at dad. And I'm mad that he ruined everything, that he's this pathetic person. And I can't even picture. 
I love it. She says, I don't even know what he looks like. I can't even make a good voodoo doll of him. <laughs> She's so angry. And she says, you know what makes me the most upset, though? You are happy. And then May says, I was pretending. And Iris says, you are not pretending. Maybe you started out pretending, but you loved him. You still love him. And he loved you. It was so obvious. Even I could see it. So she kind of tells her that. Later, we find out Aiden asked her to go to prom. So that's good. And then during the separation, Chris has been has paid all of May's mom's medical bills. They're all paid. And she's like, I'm going to pay. She's been texting him this whole time, but he's not responding. And so she's like, I'm going to pay you back for this, you know. So the city council comes together and they voted down the library budget cuts going through. So that's good. And so All she the town came and supported May. Supported May. May. That, was really, that was really good. She texted Chris and she's like, hey, guess what? They've supported it. It went through really good. I just thought you wanted, you know, I just wanted to let you know. And again, he doesn't love, respond. That would be so hard. Like if you're in Chris's position. Oh, and I know. you're in love with the other person and they're texting He's you, just like, waiting for her to hopefully like, come to her senses and yeah. like not be so stubborn. Yeah. He's like, I'm not giving in until you, until you acknowledge the feelings. Mm-hmm. Which is, it needed to happen. It, it really did. Did Because really she would have just brushed over it if yeah. he was responding. Right. And she, and yeah, she needed to come to terms like, oh, it is real. I do love him. You know, it, it is what needed to happen. She gets mail, and it's actually photos from the photo shoot that they had at her mother's house. And there's no sign. She doesn't know where it came from. But there's a sticky note on one of the pictures, and it says this one. And it's the picture of them right before they're about to kiss, like the real passionate kiss. And so she breaks down, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I love him, you know. Has this aha moment. Yes, she does. Aiden comes in, figured out who the anonymous leak was this whole time for all of those stories circulating about Chris and about their family. It was Doug, the... Agent. I knew it, actually. I knew you the did. whole... I did. I thought it was Peter. Oh, really? Because he's really close. You know what? You know? Yeah. I thought that would have made sense. Yeah, I thought it was Doug because he didn't like her. The, I was, from the yeah. beginning, I was speculating it was but, him. But once I heard it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because he knew story. all the information. He yeah. had all the... Anyways. So she calls Piper. Piper is so pissed at Doug because they're supposed to be a team, right? May says, hey, you know what? Can you get me to the press conference? Because there's a game that's coming up for Chris and there's a press conference afterwards. And she's like, can you get me there? She goes, yes, I can. I can get you into the press conference. So the town comes together and pays for a ticket for her to fly to where this game was in the press conference and everything. So she arrives with Piper. They go into the press conference. Piper attacks Doug pretty much. And Chris is like, whoa, 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 what's going on? News is everywhere. The cameras are there. Everything. This is all happening. Is like, guys, can we like take this into another room? So Piper's like, fine. She takes Doug into the other room, and we kind of hear. It's funny because May's like, I think I heard Doug say, "Oh, you punched me." <laughs> <laughs> so funny, and and Piper sticks her head back out, and she's like, "I'm sorry, May, for ruining your moment." And then Crystal's like, "What, May?" And he turns around, and May's there, and he's like, <gasps> stunned. <laughs> And then she's like, this is my grand gesture. And he's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, let's go. And he grabs her to go. And then the the news are like, wait, do you have a statement? And he goes, the game was good. Now I'm going to go and enjoy my grand gesture in private. (laughs) In private. So then they go into their their own room. And then I'm going to read the, the last part here. Okay, so you know how, and throughout the whole story, I didn't add this, but throughout the whole story, Chris has been texting her cute or cheesy, like, puns pickup lines when he he goes to take her from the interview with all the media there he takes her into like a supply closet and she pretty much just says everything and she says i love you you're the only person i want to do ever after with and then he's just kind of staring at her and he's like playing with her hair and she says i need you to say something i'm kind of dying here 
And he says, do you believe in love at first sight? Or should I walk by again? And she closed her eyes. <laughs> You're going to torture me right now. And he gets closer and he says, if you were a chicken, you'd be impeccable. And she laughs. She says, this is my punishment. And he says, are you a time traveler? Because I can see you in my future. <laughs> and then she says, I think you have to kiss me. And he says, is that so? She says, yes. That's what comes after the grand romantic gesture and a declaration of love. You don't want to disappoint people when we retell the story, do you? And he says, Sprinkles, the only person I'm worried about disappointing is you. She says, don't call me Sprinkles. And he says, you suit me just fine. <laughs> so good. It's so good. All right, then. Okay, we got to go. Oh, I'm getting chills. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, now we're at the epilogue. And in the epilogue, it's them sitting on the front porch of, like, this townhouse that he owns that's in the town that they live in and everything like that. And he brings up, he's like, remember our first date and how I had that one last question? And so it's when they had the tacos and they were having the taco sauce and all that stuff. And he got too hot. He couldn't ask his last question. Well, the last question he asks right now and he proposes to her and asks her to marry him. It's just perfect. (laughs) Perfection. (laughs) So good. I love it so much. Sharon, you're a genius. You're incredible. You make us laugh. You make us swoon. You make us almost cry. (laughs) I didn't cry in this one, but oh, it's so good. I'm so excited for the second one. Oh, about Allie? Are you kidding me? Please make an iris. Sharon said that it's going to be like Allie and her brother's best best friend friend. are going on a road trip. Yes. So I'm excited to see what that is all about. Yeah. And she has epilepsy. Yes. So that's going to be in that second book. I'm excited to see how that plays out. But the reason I think Ellie is going to be the third one. Okay. Is because she moves to the town. Yeah, I skipped over book. that. But I yeah. Know, that's what I'm explaining. So she moves to the town at the end of it and she's going to like move there and stuff. So I am excited. I think it's going to be her. Yeah. Because it's like, why include that, you know? Hmm. And she does need a comeback story, I think, because you know she's been struggling so much and she's been really in a dark place. Yeah, she's not portrayed in the best light. Right. So there's got to be a reason, mm -hmm. you know. You would get kind of that more of that mystery, but that's a good, that's a good... Guess. Yeah. (laughs) Unless there's somebody introduced in the second book, Mm -hmm. then it might be That's true, could be them. Mm -hmm. Sharon, you've got lots of options, a a whole series. (laughs) <laughs> yes okay my butt hurts all right let's get let's get <laughs> let's get to the 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 voting or the rating sorry the rating okay plot five out of five yeah five out of five okay yeah i'd say two there's nothing i would change about the, the storyline is just so good yeah and i was never bored no like it didn't feel like anything is missing no. okay all right <laughs> love story five out of five five out of five i just love that it kind of flipped to the like grumpy sunshine trope on mm, its head it's mm-hmm. usually the guy who's super grumpy but the she girl's grumpy, grumpy yeah and the guy's just he's a golden retriever boy oh, so perfect yes yeah, so, so I good loved it. okay five out of five yeah all right ending perfect perfection <laughs> five out of five yeah it's so good it was done really it's well it's just like i would not change a thing Everything about just it wrapped up so it just good. made you so happy at the end mm-hmm. like you just feel so fulfilled yeah really it's so good and i remember reading it because the end of the last chapter i was like that's it and then i read the epilogue and i was like okay <laughs> don't you usually skip the epilogue i do you're crazy but it's a good it. thing that you didn't because did you read it you do need this epilogue i know because that's why i was like that's it yeah i was like it was good though the closet well, it was scene, great like, it was, was your me just fine i, know, but I felt me. like it needed more 
so it just perfectly like wrapped, wrapped it up. a little bow yeah mm-hmm. so good sharon <laughs> thank you thank you so much <laughs> it's good guys gotta read this one it's definitely worth the read oh so cute i love it all right thank you guys so much for listening don't forget to follow us at worth the read pod on twitter instagram and tiktok and we'll see you next time when we review an unlikely plan by laura beers and you can decide if it's worth the read bye bye <laughs>